Universe Genius Episode 78, Fort Knightley, A Successful Disaster in Eight Pages. In this episode, Don is joined by Thomas Bose and Chris Bell to talk about Dwarf Fortress, Willow, Wednesday, and other things of interest. Hey, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash obg. Everything that comes in from there goes to cover our monthly podcasting costs. We appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where we do our own little geeky show and tell, or tell and tell since cameras are not involved, <laughs> that uh, we get to talk about stuff that we're super excited about. And it's not our gaming stuff. If you want to hear about our tabletop gaming activities, run on over and listen to Onboard Games, where we cover role-playing games and board game activities and even some escape room stuff. So that may show up here. Uh, today, I'm thrilled. I'm bringing back one of our recurring uh, hosts from the games in schools and libraries, Chris Bell, who's also been here. Hey, Chris. Hello. And we today, we have an exciting special guest, someone who I, I am meeting for the first time, but I have been his friend on Facebook, and he is super interesting, uh, Thomas Voss. Or Voss? Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. That's quite all right. Don't worry about it. Good to, meet, good to see you in person at last, or kind of anyway. And uh, yeah. Thomas, one of the reasons I brought you on is because every day, it seems, I don't know if it's actually every day, but it seems like every day you post something cool that you have just learned. And, and what, what is that about? Let me, let me know about that real quick. Oh, sure. Well, you know, it is every single day. And the other day, uh, December 6th represents 11 years that I've been doing it every single day. And I honestly don't think I've missed any. Sometimes I've had to go back and remember something from the previous day. That's happened once or twice. But yeah, right. it's kind of just an intellectual challenge that I kind of set for myself, finding something that uh, I had learned that day that I hadn't known previously. And sometimes it's very humbling thing and sometimes it's uh you know kind of stupid trivia that you'll probably never use again but it's still interesting and it's really kind of changed i think my perception on the world generally i i tell you what i think it's great because it's like well i didn't even know that this was a thing that interested me and it's sort of almost like uh, the google doodle where they pick a thing and they they, they sort of bring it bring it to your attention uh, when they're not just doing a generic holiday or what have you uh, and so I love it. Uh, where do you share the, I learned today stuff? Oh, just on my Facebook page right now. You don't uh, tweet it? Or I tweet it. And that's the only one I'm, I'm on right now is Facebook. And frankly, Facebook, I'm Facebook. not terribly thrilled yeah. about being on Facebook itself, but. <laughs> uh, fair, 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 fair. Um, okay. Well, if you guys would both introduce yourself real quick, uh, Thomas, real quick, where can you. Uh, be found, or what would you like our listeners to know about you before we get started? Well, that's awful nice. So, yeah, I'm a librarian out in Western Maryland. I work at the Ruth Enloe Library of Garrett County. Uh, I uh, am involved with the ALA's Games and Gaming Roundtable, and that's a lot of fun. And, yeah, that's that's kind of the major stuff right here. And I can be found on Facebook, Thomas Vos. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, like I said, I'm not really on any other social media right now. But uh, That's yeah. right. I remember our first contact was you kicking me out of a group. Yeah. Um, so that was hard. It, it was it was people running the games and gaming roundtable, and since I wasn't actually running anything, you're like, well, we're trying to we're trying to get this back to where it's supposed to be. It was hilarious because I'm like, oh, well, thank goodness, I don't have to. Uh, so, yes, me being kicked out of a group not always a bad thing. Uh, speaking speaking of not always a bad thing, hey Chris, hey, let um, our listeners know a little bit about you and where you might be found. Excellent. Uh, so. I used to work for Donald at the uh, Waccamaw Library. I currently work at a different library, though I am not a librarian in any form of that word. Um, I work in Westchester, Ohio uh, at a makerspace. So I do like laser cutting, 3D printing, banner printing, sublimation, uh, just all kinds of craft stuff. And I don't know that you can find me on the internet really at all. Right, um, unless, you're, my- unless you're playing against you in a video game. Probably, yeah. My Facebook pretty much only exists for Facebook Messenger. It is interesting, Chris, that you started as a graphic designer, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And now you're basically doing production work that it's, would be like from a print shop, but for makerspace stuff at a library. That's really yes. awesome. And it's funny because I think I have a lot more fun with it now. Uh, graphic design, I don't think I have the right headspace for that. I don't have the dedication that would be required to really push that. 
what I'm doing now, just where I get to make stuff is a lot more enjoyable. Well, where you excel is as a problem solver, right? Mm -hmm. And with graphic design, sometimes defining the problem is the problem. And that's kind of a different headset space, (laughs) right? You're just like, Chris, I need to get this thing to work with this thing and we've got to get it done. And I know that I could, I always knew that I could leave you to worry on that and it, I'd come back and it would function whatever it was, whether it was, you know, making a print work or whatever it was, you, you could make it work. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, that's great. Pretty cool. I, that's, I didn't even think of it that that was all three of us working at libraries. Uh, (laughs) and so I guess we should do a quick PSA that not everybody who works at a library is a librarian, but most people who work at librarians don't get upset. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. call them a librarian. So yes. Chris has been called a librarian more than once in my presence and, and I didn't explode or anything. I think, <laughs> you know, and there's a yes. whole shushing test we all have to take. So that's right. My, my very first business cards when I got out of library school said license to shush on them. <laughs> my v- business card right now literally says professional know-it-all. I wanted to make sure it was on there. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't have well, that. Although I did help create ShushCon, so, you know. There you go. That's right. You were there at the very beginning. Um, I would say you you obviously can't know it all because every day you know a new all thing. There you go. So, but. <laughs> Speaking of creating things, I got to know, what are some of the things that you, like, are proudest of making? Because, I mean, it sounds like you make a lot of really awesome things. Um, Let's see. Uh, funny enough, it ends up being a lot of the same stuff. So the way our makerspace actually works is people sign up for two-hour appointments, and then someone's always in the room working with them. And so we help them use the equipment to work on their projects. A lot of the stuff I'm doing is um, either things to help organize the room. Like I had to make a holder for our 25 exacto knives because we have 25 for some reason. Um, and then I had to make it mounted on the wall and put a little disposable... Um, sharps container. A sharps container. So I made a dovetail mount for that on the 3D printer. So it's those kind of little things. Most of the time, what I'm doing is helping people make uh, just ridiculous stuff. I think the most recent thing I did was a... Oh, I'm trying to remember the dimensions. It was a... Uh, 52 50 times it was 100 inch tall and i think 40 feet long banner the problem is our banner printer is only 52 inches wide so i had to print it half and half and then take banner tape and tape the whole thing together and then so many grommets so it's a lot of weird stuff like that that's awesome So how, how about you, uh, Thomas? What's you're excited that you've made? What what makes you the most proud or impressed? Uh, there's only one thing that I've made that I'm at. I'm not, I wish I was better with my hands. I've made a table. I made a, um, a, a bookshelf. I've whittled a few things with wood just because working with wood <laughs> is neat. But I'm no good at it. I think the best, the, the one project that I took on that I'm proud of is I did wind up making an arcade machine, a bar top arcade machine. <laughs> And um, I made it out of a kit um, using a Raspberry Pi, printed up custom vinyl for the sides, um, you know, wired all the uh, buttons, the joysticks, all that sort of good stuff, and lights. And yeah, it, so it turned out really, really nice. And I was real happy with it. And of course, now it just kind of sits there because once you built it, <laughs> you know, then. You got it. <laughs> yes. Got it, so. Until you find a home for it. Exactly. Well, that's pretty cool. I've got a couple of things. I think one of the things that caused us to have the most fun was we built like a three and a half foot tall tower um, that we crafted. Chris helped me on this. God, the tower. Um, And it was like uh, we were going to a convention to advertise our con, and we're like, we need something big to catch everybody's attention. And so we created for our role-playing game this giant modular tower that you can take pieces out of and stack up and add more on top of and whatever. And that was personally very fulfilling to sort of, <laughs> we have a sheet of pink foam and we have chopped it up into so many pieces. And, and it's like, you know, even though we did a giant battle map made out of foam and some other cool stuff like that, that's the one that sort of catches people's attention on our leg. But professionally at the library, I think that during the pandemic, when we did the fairy door project mm-hmm. where, we created 
fairy doors for each branch of the library got their own unique fairy door and they got their own board to hand out to the patrons so the patrons could do their project and that if you wanted to go to all the branches in the library system, you could have four unique sets of the thing. And that was, I think the most fun creative stuff that we did with the laser. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That's um, an awesome idea. And I'm going to have to steal it. So, um, well, we have the files <laughs> and we do share. So if you've got a laser cutter, you're welcome to. Yeah. I think that one is actually on the blog, the it entire is, is. Uh, creation and how we talked about doing that one. Though I did notice recently, like none of our Christmas houses are on there. Oh, none of the Christmas houses. Um, I'll do that. I, I'm having to recreate last year's uh, because we don't have the final files anywhere. Well, well that's unfortunate because I was actually going to ask you about those recently. I just recreated the house. The house is done. Okay. I just recreated it, um, but I haven't done the ornaments that go with it. So, unless huh. it may be in your. Uh, Adobe sweet memory somewhere. I checked on my uh, cloud storage and I checked on my hard drives. Couldn't find it. All right. Uh, so sad. Uh, all right. Well, and enough of that. Uh, let's, let's get to why the listeners are here instead of saying, here's what I'm so super proud of. Looking back, we've talked about a couple of things before I want to refresh our listeners on that we have, um, that Valheim, which we've talked about many times before, <laughs> just recently had an update. So if you were looking to get into it, where it's going to have more content, uh, now's the time. Actually, by the time you hear this, it will be the time. Because right now, if you're playing online with other people, it's not easy. Because so many people are excited about this update that logging in to your servers is not working always. I think this happened the last time, too, that when the game first came out, it was impossible to play it with people. And so, but right now it just, it feels like that the, the servers, the people running the servers are having trouble making it work. So who knows whose fault it is. And I don't remember what else we talked about uh, since then. Uh, did either of you watch the guardians of the galaxy holiday special? No, not yet. I didn't no, oh. man, that's good. I keep forgetting about to do that. Okay. Yeah. Well then I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that this week. I'm just going to say it's fun. I get to it before the end of the month and you should, should have a good time. Don't take it seriously. It's not that kind of thing. <laughs> Yes, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, uh, who wants to go first with whatever it is that you would really like to talk about? I can go first, last, or in the middle. I don't care. Chris, <laughs> what did you want to talk about today, Chris? Um, I was considering talking about uh, the new game that came out that is not a new game. Oh, yes. Uh, Door Fortress. Door Fortress. All right. Now we're talking. The Steam Edition released earlier this week. I am so glad they're getting money now. I uh, So an entertaining thing that happened, apparently they asked some uh, economists like how much money they could expect to make off this release. And the person told them they could expect like 150,000 copies sold in like three or six months, something like that. And they broke it in less than 24 hours. Good. So they are doing great. It It seems like I've been hearing about Dwarf Fortress for years. (laughs) I think the game is 25 or 30 years old. Okay, decades. Okay, I was going to say decades, but I thought that might be over uh, over egg in the pudding, but I guess not. Um, So for those who don't know, what is Dwarf Fortress? Uh, So Dwarf Fortress, in its humble beginnings, was a game with no graphics. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it uh, everything was uh, ASCII symbols, uh, and your goal was, I'd say goal, uh, you had a bunch of dwarves um, who decided to build a dwarf fortress in pretty much the most murderous planet known to anything. <laughs> dwarf kind. Uh, it, apparently. Um, and there, it's a game that has spawned a lot of copies of the popular game RimWorld, is based off of Dwarf Fortress, though on a much lesser scale. Mm. There have been a lot of failed projects to make remake Dwarf Fortress with graphics. Uh, this is the first time it's actually succeeded. Um, and it was by the original creator. So, you know, awesome. <laughs> Bonus. Um, so it, it wasn't, it was free before? Yes, it, um, it was always free. Um, the biggest hurdle to Dwarf Fortress was 
it was murderously difficult to get into. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. There's nothing explaining to you what's going on. Um, and the whole tagline is losing is fun uh, because everyone's going to die. There, There's no succeeding. There's no winning. There's no living. Eventually, everyone's going to die. It's like Maybe, guilt simulation. Absolutely. <laughs> and it is a game that has so many tiny systems layered on top of each other that just the most ridiculous stories happen. Now, I've always heard of stories of Dwarf Fortress, but I've never played it until now. It's a game I've always tried to get into, but I never really could. It is just never friendly to get into, um, despite the community trying. In <laughs> um, I checked before this started. I've played about 10 hours since the game launched, which is pretty good, considering I haven't had days off of work since it launched yet. Um, and uh, I am on my fifth fortress, because the other four have all died. <laughs> in one way or another uh it takes a couple hours for me to just everyone's gone nice and it's just from the most ridiculous things um so thomas you've played it before i have tried to play it a couple of times <laughs> yeah. yes it is utterly inscrutable for beginners oh yeah especially with assy graphics but uh it is something special you can see you can see you can appreciate it from mm -hmm. a distance this is giant monolithic impressive thing and uh there's some really good let's plays out there I'm, have mm -hmm. you seen the the classic one uh boat murdered i've not seen that one i've seen the b bridge yeah there's one called boat that. murdered that's the name of the town and um uh, it is just the most hilarious thing just this again it's this horrible horrible tragedy of this dwarf kingdom that you know succumbs to madness and despair and it's pretty hilarious in its own special way. Yeah. Nice. I mean, just for a reference to how your games can go, the first four ways I've lost fortresses. The first one, um, I accidentally cooked all of the mushrooms I needed to make beer. Dwarfs are required to have beer or they go mad and insane and murder each other. <laughs> that went poorly. Um, the second time... Um, I figured out that rock is porous uh, and one rock wall next to a river does not stop the floodwaters from going down. Um, yeah. Uh, also, if you cut down all the trees, the elves get very angry at you and there were no survivors. Um, it's a lot of weird things like that. Um, you can have werewolves, you can have vampires, um, the stories online are ridiculous. The one that the first one I ever read that always got me into it was a door fortress was overrun by vampires. Uh, problem is he couldn't figure out where the vampires came from because nobody joined. Turns out he'd killed one cat walked through the blood, licked itself clean, got infected, scratched somebody and it got worse from there. <laughs> I've, I've heard don't, don't have cats. Well, there was a bug a while back, another funny story I've heard, where cats, whatever they walk through, get sucked up into their paws. So they liquid. So when they clean themselves, they drink whatever it is. There was a bug for a while where there was no limit to what could go into their paws, quantity-wise. So if they walked over a puddle of beer, it would max it out. I mean, it would just suck up all the beer. Um, and then the cat would drink it and immediately die of alcohol poisoning. But the complexity, something like that, yeah. you know, all the moving parts that they've layered right. in, it, it makes something like NetHack look like Pac-Man. There's millions of tiny pieces. You, I don't think it's possible to play the game twice and end up with the same game. Like, it's just ridiculous. Especially uh, when you consider that this is the two people. Yeah. Now, I don't know how hmm. many people actually made the Steam version. Yeah, there's that. Um, but the original game was just like a pet project almost that got out of hand. So That's I recommend exciting. checking it out. Um, and understand though, if you get into it, even though they've added a tutorial, you will still probably need to go to YouTube and wiki to save yourself or have fun dying again yeah. and again and again. And again. <laughs> get used to that concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Well, cool. Um, 
So did you want a back cleanup, Thomas, or should I dive in or, 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 or should I go last? Which would, what would you prefer? You're the guest you choose. Oh, that's awful nice. I'll go last. That's fine. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, I've got a, a couple things I want to talk about real quick. And uh, something I should have mentioned on a previous thing uh, was I may have mentioned that we got a rotary uh, device at work so that now I can uh, laser round things and get all of the sides of the round things. And so I have taken this cup that I have been enjoying for many months and uh, now it has my logo engraved on it. And, and I bought another cup so that I could also put my logo engraved on it, but on multiple sides. Uh, And so, yes, I'm going to be lasering everything. Now you thought Chris, it was bad before. (laughs) Uh, Now I can do round things and flat things and uh, it will be, it will be a magical thing. The amount of round things I've done is ungodly. Jeez. It is addicting. Are, are spherical things covered too? Uh, well, it's. I don't know how you would do um, oblong stuff. Uh, so I can say this from experience. If you have something that is different diameters, violently different diameters, such as a sphere, or even just a really canted cup... Um, Depending on how you focus it, even if you flatten out your laser as best you can, you're going to have some really strong warping mm. of the image. Right. Um, just because one side will spin slower than the other. So in a sphere, that would be extreme, even if you got the mount to actually hold it. Hmm. So, so one of the things you can do with Lightburn, the software that our laser runs off of, is you can have it change the bed height during the thing. So if you wanted to do like a dragon ball where it was star pattern or whatever it was with other things around it, you could have it do the top. Hey kitty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. You could have it do the top part and then have it go out a little bit and go lower and then do a ring or, or whatever. Hmm. So you could do like a captain America shield sort of thing on a dome that, that could work. But as far as turning that dome and flipping the other side, that is beyond my conceptual skill level. Not only am I not skilled enough to do it, I don't know how I would. Uh, but so that's cool. I like that. Uh, and some, something that I have been watching that starts with W uh, that is not the thing I'm going to talk about at great length is the sequel to a movie that I have to admit that I adored despite its exceptional medi- mediocrity is uh, Willow. The Willow series has hit Disney and my nostalgia brain is telling me this is fun. You're enjoying this show. This is great. I'm so glad they made it. And then I step back and I try and use my objective brain. And then the whole house of cards goes, no, no, don't, don't think about it. Please don't think about this. Go back to nostalgia town and enjoy Willow. The fact that none of them can really act apparently uh, okay, there's a couple of them who are, who are very good actors, and the rest of them are just sort of doing their thing. But the script is not amazing, but it's Willow, right? Uh, the magic makes no sense, but it's Willow. And so I'm enjoying it. Uh, I cannot recommend it if you didn't like the movie from back in the 80s, but that's nice. But so something else that is a follow-on or a, a reboot from back in the 80s uh, is I've been watching Wednesday on Netflix, which when I heard they were making it, I thought, well, this is going to be horrible and dumb. Um, I'm not going to watch it at all. And I have wrong, 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 wrong. Wednesday uh, is based on the Adams family franchise from the old Adams family movies, which was based on New Yorker cartoons. I think from back in the long, long time ago. And Thomas, actually you have more of an attachment to this franchise than I do. I of old comics, and that's for sure. And yes, the old Charles Adams uh, cartoons are great. I actually got a book of them from my mother. It was a graduation present when I graduated high school. Nice. Uh, so have either of you watched uh, Wednesday? Not yet. I can't say I have yet. I'm oh, looking forward okay. to it. But. All right. Well, uh, without getting into spoiler territories, because they're not necessary, what are what are some of the things that you would expect to find in a Adams Family movie or TV series? Raul Julia. Um, oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. So here's, here's, here's the thing. I loved Raul Julia's portrayal of a character named, um, oh, what's the first character's name? Gomez. Gomez, Gomez Adams. 
he he bared little resemblance to oh, the okay. Gomez Adams from the comic strips. Absolutely. But it was masterful, and I will always love his performance. And I would watch, you know, him doing that character any length of time. Or M. Bison. The Gomez Adams that is in this feels much more true to sort of the original Gomez that was portrayed in the comics. And I love this guy as well. I think he's doing a great job. I don't don't remember what his name is, but it's not going to replace like my appreciation for Gomez Adams as done by Raul Julia is at a 10. This guy is like at an eight or a nine still does a great job. Different kind of character, entirely different take. Love it entirely. What else? What else would you expect to see in Wednesday? So on that scale, where does John Aston fit? Uh, the original TV show guy? Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked him. Uh, I don't have the 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 attachment to him the way that I did to Raul Julia, but he's still, I mean, all of them are great. I liked literally all of the people who have portrayed Pratum. I don't remember from the cartoons or animated stuff, the character being nearly as, as attractive. Um, but uh, yeah, from, so yeah, I, I have no, no, unlike the monsters, which I will not talk about <laughs> I like everyone who has played that. And also I have to say the Morticias have all been great. And I think that's one of the things is that this franchise, all of the characters have been pretty darn good with the weak possible ink being Pugsley, but that's the role that Pugsley plays, right? Yeah. So he's great. Also, being that weak link because that that is the heart and soul of Pugsley. Uh, um, uh, so yes, there's a Fester, an Uncle Fester in this one that you get to see briefly. Also a completely different take on him than in the movies. Great. Um, it is sort of uh, Hogwarts done through uh, the Adams family lens, which is brilliant and fun and makes as much sense as Hogwarts ever did. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And the work that the actress who plays Wednesday uh, put in to learn the role and to learn how to look like she was actually playing the bass. Cause she learned how to play the, whatever the instrument was not well enough to play it as good as her character did in the movie. She learned languages. She did all of this stuff. She decided she was never going to blink when she was on camera. So there's a little throwback to Zay Frank there, uh, you know, uh, but it's, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. The comedy is on point. The characters are great. You don't know who did the thing that was done uh, until you get to like, it's like, Oh, that person could do it because I don't trust this person. And you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I recommend Wednesday on Netflix far more than I thought I was going to be. I was at the beginning. I was like, I don't need this. This is even if it wasn't bad, I wasn't going to care about it. But I was wrong. It is well worth watching. Wonderful. So, <sighs> all right. I feel like I've talked out Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Thomas, what do you got for us? What, what's the one thing you're excited to talk to our listeners about? Oh, there's all sorts of great stuff going on in the world these days. Like you said, <laughs> I try to post a uh, thing I learn every day and uh, yes. in some weird different directions. And I recently started doing some zines on that. And zine writing has been a lot of fun. Oh. So, um, what have, tools do you use for your zine writing? Uh, computer paper and a pen. <laughs> and uh, that, that's mostly it to start with. But uh, I've been kind of branching out these days. I found a typewriter that we're, I've been uh, plinking a lot, along with, and that's been a lot of fun. And what else? You know, I can I get some pictures that I'll paste in there once in a while that look good. And yeah, I was really inspired by this guy named Yago who's out at the Los Angeles Public Library. Who uh, He does classes on zines, and they have a whole club, and it's pretty great. But... Uh, yeah, so mine's, I call it shard, and I just put in a whole bunch of different uh, bits of information on all sorts of things. Um, this next one I'm making is about trains, and uh, so it's got all sorts of crazy train trivia. And, you know, what the scales are for model trains, and, you know, what the um, numbers mean. on yeah, So all sorts of fun things. But I've done one before on breakfast. Turns out there's a lot of weird breakfast cereals from the 80s. <laughs> I lived through it. I know this is true. Yep. The fact that not everybody from the 80s has diabetes is still a mystery to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. did, did either of you get to try the Nintendo cereal system? Um, I didn't know that was a thing. That was a I, thing. I had a I box. I think a friend of mine had a box that I was never allowed to invade. But no, I never <laughs> got to try it. 
So there's that. Mr. T had his own cereal. The Cabbage yes. Patch Kids had their own mm-hmm. cereal. Um, so yeah, all sorts of dumb stuff from back in that period. It was and There's an E.T. one, of course, because there's an E.T. everything. I hate that movie. Sorry, I hate that movie. I haven't seen it in so long, I couldn't say. But what is your favorite cereal from the 80s? Oh, heck. Um, that's a good one. Probably the Nintendo one, just because I was an uh, NES uh, fanboy back in the day and kind of still am. So. <laughs> Chris, what's your favorite old-timey cereal? Yeah, see, I can't go back as far as the 80s, unfortunately. Um, I'm old. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a peanut butter... Um, cereal, but they were shaped like rectangles. Uh, so it wasn't really? a puff. It was a. Uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't Captain Crunch peanut butter, which is my go-to for peanut butter cereals. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. I don't, it looked kind of like a wheat thin cereal, but it was right. peanut butter. So it was I like cannot... a peanut butter and jelly version of uh, of cinnamon toast crunch. Sort of. It was powdered. I do remember that. I cannot, for the life of mm-hmm. me, remember what it was. Oh, this Halloween, I got to try the mysterious Fruit Brute cereal. Fruit because, Brute, yes, I saw that. So it's Booberry, Count Chocula, um, and, uh, and Frankenberry. And then there were two others that were commonly known. There was the Yummy Mummy and Fruit Brute. And I still don't think I've ever tried Yummy Mummy. And then another one I always add in there, which probably isn't intended to be in there, was Quisp, because Quisp had the alien. Quisp? I haven't even heard of that one. That's a new one on me. Oh, it is the best. Obviously, uh, it's still, yeah. still around and king of everything. It's the best. No, it's, How do you spell yeah. it? Q-U-I-S-P, I believe. But All right. You have to look at that. I was a child then, so I don't know. That's the thing I learned uh, for the day. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, that's I, I did get to try that. And it basically, it's like uh, the Frankenberry, only a little more floral. It had flavor, which... Uh-huh. The blueberry didn't have any flavor, so oh well. Uh, Chris, you were saying you were—I I interrupted you with my agonizing. I just—I was trying to remember. I'm uh, desperately googling to see if I could find it. Uh, but looking up like '90s cereal is not giving me the results I want. Um, <laughs> it kind of looks like puffins, but I don't think it is puffins. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. I can't. Was lucky I was able to scrounge any of that back in the day because when I was growing up, uh, you know, I was raised by a dietitian, and so we only got the crappy cereal, Muslicks, and like the sweetest one we generally got was like Kicks, and Kicks and bad, but you know, just the way it is, I guess. Or well, you say that, and right now I am all about the the sort of the mixed fruits and raisins kind of cereal, right? I mean. Mm. Muslix, basically. Like yeah, well, you, know, you get all your taste change and all that. I'd probably like it if I tried it now. Great nuts back in the day. Uh, they're, they're still not great. <laughs> I don't actually uh, remember most of my breakfasts from when I was young because both my parents were teachers. So um, I was always up at five in the morning because my mom had to be at work by like 630. And I, work was school. So um I was un, pretty much unconscious most mornings, <laughs> dragging around like a zombie. So near my place, there are several. This my place has several like Amish stores in the area, and uh, they mm. sell all kinds of like stuff that you know are good for baking and all that. And so you can buy bulk cereal marshmallows. You can buy a big old bag of them if you want to, and just eat them by the handful. Not that I would. That sounds very Amish. Yes, and so what we <laughs> I did buy them once, and. Uh, they're not great by themselves, and if the moisture gets into them, they are terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm going to say it was peanut butter checks. Maybe? They have a bunch of checks now that I, I was making checks mix the other day, actually, and they have a bunch of new ones I hadn't seen before. It might have been, because checks has the right shape. You might be right there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I was... <laughs> was reverted back to previous conversation <laughs> points. I should not have derailed this again, um, yeah. but I am now browsing who is, which, which one of the three of us is not actually browsing cereal at this point. <laughs> I should have had dinner before we started this. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I will say the Amish market just not North of Cockiesville uh-huh. is great. They have a deep fried uh, sausage. What was it that they had Connie? 
It was oh, it was a deep fried sausage pretzel, or it was a it was a sausage pretzel. That awesome. with cheese cool. and it was amazing and i'm sure that okay. it had also nothing to do with the amish but it, it was sold like there at the market and it, everybody wore the right little costume and it was delicious okay so i got something that um okay have you heard of this and i can't find them anywhere anymore but uh, a long time ago bagel dogs used to be a real big thing you guys had bagel dogs i have bagel dogs why no. can't you find bagel dogs anymore they're so good oh my god they're I, I tough don't know what a bagel dog is it, it's Basically, it's like a bagel with a hot dog. Sort oh, of. Um, oh, yeah, never mind. Pretzel dogs are um, pigs in a blanket. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yes. I know the butter. I've never heard it called a pretzel dog. Hmm. Well, it was on a stick. <laughs> I, I can't even describe it. It was like a soft pretzel. <laughs> Around a hot, around a sausage, instead of a hot dog, mm-hmm. and that's what we had. It was delicious and amazing. That, that sounds mighty good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so bagel dogs. I think pretty much anything you can wrap in a kind of dough and then cook. I don't. Maybe it. Um, you think Hebrew National would be all over that? It'd I know, be a meal and a half. It would be. <laughs> I'd buy them in bulk. <laughs> They're in corn dogs. That's for sure. Oh, don't, don't you even, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't you even. Buy that one. <laughs> that's like the, that's like the, the nationals, uh, the, or the state fair food of Oklahoma is the corn dog. Mm-hmm. And I praise Sonic for doing the good work of spreading it out across America, <laughs> Sonic, which is also from Oklahoma, by the way, Sonic's from a long America. time since I've been to a Sonic. So what are your favorite re- <laughs> fast food restaurants? I got to know. Well, that's a good question. Chris, do you have a, a preference? I've actually been on Wendy's recently because they have some really unique burgers that I like. They now have the mozzarella, Italian mozzarella spicy chicken sandwich, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. They have like the pub burger. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um, which one? It's called like the yeah, it's like so the- pub burger or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got, like, uh, it's not- it. Yeah, bar cheese and uh, onions and some kind of sweet mustard sauce, I want to say. Good stuff. Um, so I, I like their unique burgers because a lot of places you go and it's like, uh, you know, uh, what flavor of weak old lettuce do you want? <laughs> um, so they got some unique burgers. Right. W- Wendy's used to be my favorite, but here in the area, it, you can't call any of the Wendy's a fast food experience. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> otherwise, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think Arby's is probably my favorite fast food. I do like Arby's. Uh, How about yours? Out here, you know, we're in, I'm in a pretty rural area right now, and they've got a lot of really good restaurants and all that. But when it comes to quick dining options, you get McDonald's. That's about it. Yeah. Oh, you don't even have a fried chicken place. There's Arby's <laughs> near, but it's a little far from me. There's no fried chicken place. Nope, nope, nope. Um, there's a Taco Bell, but it's kind of far. There's a Burger King, but screw that. <laughs> and, yeah. So and that is about it. So I came from California, though, and so uh, there's several ah. things I miss, like uh, especially In and Out, because In and Out is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's a place called Farmer Boys that's really, really good. I mean, In and Out's pretty good that uh, I don't understand the undying loyalty that everyone <laughs> from California has. I lived out there for a year and I mean, I had my fair share of in and out, but uh, I mean, it's tasty. I got, I got no gripes with it. Well, there is a criticism to be had. Their fries do kind of suck, especially reheated. They, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't last it. Well, they don't have preservatives, which is probably a good thing, but <laughs> now five guys, I like five guys fries and their burgers are, if you're looking for, the slider style thin patty burger, theirs is pretty good, but mm-hmm. frequently that's not what I'm looking for. Yes, but Five Guys is not fast food, and it's, I have never it's as fast been as to, In and Out Burger I, or Steak I, and not Shake. The ones I've been to, it's uh, you can show up and uh, get ready to sit for 20 minutes before your burger's ready. Mm. You ever go to a um, Fat Burger? No, 
Yeah, those are, I think they're kind of a dying chain if they're not dead already. But um, it's one of those places where you can, you know, custom build whatever. And, uh, of course, I got it with, like, literally everything on it, including, like, the fried egg and the bacon and, the, you know, all that sort of good stuff. You know, chili yep. all at the same time. So Nice. Oh, well, all that sounds delicious, but I forget. What was your topic? What are you talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> I get distracted easily. Yes, uh, zines was what I was talking about there for a little while. And yeah, we did. I did one on breakfast, and that was fun, and doing one on trains, and what else? I did one on treasure recently. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, what is a zine? Zines. Tell, yeah. us, tell us what this is. Thank you. So, zines, they are basically little fan-made magazines on whatever. You can put one together, you know, on a piece of uh, printer paper and fold it up and photocopy it and distribute it as much as you like. Um, it's They were real popular back in the 70s in the punk era, uh, for mm-hmm. um, especially for, uh, you know, fa- uh, fans of different bands, that sort of thing. But uh, they got a real good uh, underground following. So there's a lot of uh, zines that deal with things like LGBT issues, that deal with um, uh, all sorts of topics, uh, you know, basically in the underground scene. And so um, they had a real resurgence back in the 90s in the Riot Girl era. And um, I think that there's a lot of folks who were... Um, getting into them nowadays so um, i certainly am one of them and so i make one every month and i put it at the library and um you know i encourage folks to bring theirs in too and uh, there's a zine pavilion at the american library association conference too which is always neat to see what people are making so it's capsules of information yep uh how many pages is it? Is it usually just a, a fold over or is it 15 pages? How do we do this? However many you want. And that's the cool thing about it is you can uh, make it as simple or as complicated as you want. My, uh, the, you can do a quickie zine. That's an eight fold, um, eight page thing out of a single piece of printer paper. Um, mm-hmm. it's little and all that, but it's easy to hand out. The ones I've been doing lately, they tend to be more 16 page, um, and uh, it's basically just a uh, piece of paper cut in half and you just fold them together and staple them. But uh, again, you can make them as complicated as you want. There's people who do like zines within zines and all sorts of things like that. It's um, And the cool thing is you can put whatever topic you want. I can do like a book review. I do, some of the things I've done include like book reviews, random trivia, drawings, hot takes on things. For instance, ketchup is for children. That's my hot take for today. um i don't i don't have an opinion on that i mean i i will mix hot sauce in it and then use it on my fries but all right uh, let's get let's get more controversial yes (laughs) a pup named scooby-doo is better than scooby-doo because scooby-doo always sucked no No. Um, Scooby-Doo taught critical thinking skills. Didn't a pup named Scooby-Doo have actual supernatural stuff in it? It had a guy named Red Herring. Oh, that okay. (laughs) You may be winning me over. Um, (laughs) But um, so is this, is this the beginning of your uh, Rupert Murdoch like publishing empire? I mean, how are you charging what 30 bucks? One of a piece for each one of these. I think I could be more evil than that if I tried, but um, (laughs) But uh, no, they're all free, and that's the fun thing about zines is you know they're te- you know, some people do charge, and you know they they put their work into it. But you know I work at a library, and part of it is to you know maybe get folks to try making their own, and so you want to make it as approachable and accessible as possible. So basically, it's just um, a free publication I hand out every every month, and you know I try not to steer toward anything too overly. Um, <laughs> controversial beyond that stuff which is i think spicy enough but uh, um a lot of it too is and this gets into the thing i do on facebook a lot of it too is just getting folks to appreciate the world around them a little more because there's an infinite amount of interesting things wherever you look and one thing i do a talk for kids at the school one Mm -hmm. thing that um i like to emphasize is you you just take like the most everyday item like a pencil or something like that. And think to yourself of all the information that's contained within a pencil that makes it effectively unknowable to a certain degree. 
you know, you, for instance, where was the wood sourced from? You know, what's the history of the ferrule? Who designed it? Why is the, why are these ridges here? You know, how was it manufactured? Yeah. What's the um, cultural significance of yellow pencils? That's actually has a story I was looking at. Um, apparently yellow was viewed as um, a associated with luxury in China. And so it was picked up as, you know, kind of the default. Um What's the wood? Yeah, again, where's the graphite sourced from? You know, what circumstances came into being to enable a nationwide transport network to get this pencil made where it was to to where I'm at? But the most basic things are just infinitely interesting if you look at them in the right eyes, you know. And so when you look at some that simple as a pencil and think about how complicated it can be, you think about people who are like economists. We know the economy. And it's just like, yeah. They do not know the economy. (laughs) (laughs) But it gives you some perspective. It makes you realize how little you really can know and how Mm -hmm. interesting it is to keep looking. Well, that's pretty exciting. I mean, how long, how many episodes, how many episodes, (laughs) how many issues have you put out for your zine? And does it have an overall title or do you give each one its own snappy new title? Oh, I did uh, about 25 before under um, a different title, but I started a new series called Just Shard because it's just little shards of crap. <laughs> well, you can't but, say that fast. All right. Um, and so how many have you got going for this run? And this is going to be my eighth one for this run. So nice. How often do you do them? You said like monthly? Every month. Yeah, typically. Okay. And again, it's just a nice creative outlet that anybody can do. And everybody's got something to fill something like this up with. For instance, if you wanted to do like, you know, recipe, I've done recipes before. Here's one I included on one of mine was um, when COVID hit. Remember when all the restaurants were putting their recipes online? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted you to have the home experience and all that. Well, most of them took them right back off again once COVID started settling down a little. But um the internet uh, does not allow that. No, it does not. And so I kept the um, the uh, Olive Garden Alfredo sauce recipe, which is one of my. <gasps> you do. I have. That's it. the only so, thing I like at Olive Garden is their Alfredo sauce and their breadsticks. Uh, um. Oh, and their breadsticks aren't awful either. But yes, so. And we have made it at home. It is that recipe, and I put it in one of my zines. Hmm. Okay. We'll talk after the episode. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds awesome. Um, the library I'm working at, we're trying to promote our makerspace more um, uh-huh. because we get a lot of people who are basically say, I was scared to walk into your room because it looks intimidating. Uh-huh. Um, we started trying doing featured prints, which are a bunch of 3D prints that we set out. We change about every month. People can, they don't have to come in the room. They scan a QR code and they can buy some prints. That has been a successful disaster. Um, there are so many. We have, we're weeks behind at this point. Um, but I would love to have little things like that because right now we're just handing out like basically a bookmark with the basic info. But that would be a cool thing. Like, do it. A little one on laser cutting. Here's a little one on vinyl printing. Here's one on this specific type of material and how it works. That I mean, because honestly, before you mentioned it, I didn't know what that was. I I'd never heard of a zine. Yeah, zine. You can make an eight-page zine that conveys mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that you want to do for whatever uh, device you're wanting to introduce to people um, with a single piece of printer paper, and then just photocopy mm-hmm. it indefinitely. We, uh, I actually produced zines before, uh, back when I was living in Oklahoma. We had our own game club, and uh-huh. so we had a zine dedicated to our game club. We called it a newsletter, nice. uh, but it was it's essentially, essentially the same thing. And uh, so it is interesting, you know, institutional folks will have reasons to put out their recurring zines, but we would also have articles about games or events that are coming up or stuff like that. That wasn't just our, our pers- personal stuff. Um, and so that, that was always a lot of fun. And, uh, oh, Chris, you're talking about trying to get people, get the word out and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to use uh, our video production guy at work to help us make videos about our our space. So that'll be fun. Awesome. That'll uh, probably work. But yeah, the idea of, of giving someone's like, oh, you're interested in what's going on here. Let me hand you this. And you can walk away with eight reasonably sized little digestible page chunks of don't mm-hmm. bring these laser these materials to be laser cut because we don't want to die. Um, <laughs> here's here's yeah. some good stuff that that you can do and uh, and you know here's 
here's how you reserve the time or whatever it is. Because yeah, if it's a quarter of an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, then that's super digestible chunks. Whereas if you're mm-hmm. handing out, here's a full broadsheet of, yeah. of information, that's going to feel a lot more intimidating to people than if you, if you fold it up and, and give it out that way. So neat. There's an edginess to having a, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, there's a, maybe that's not the right word, but it's something, there's something to having something that is homemade and underground. Mm-hmm. There's a retro cool too, as well. I mean, with everything being digital and everything being, you know, so, so highly mm-hmm. precisely manufactured that you can go, look, this is a thing that we made here and that, that, that we can fold up and hand you right now. It is amazing. So. Yeah. And there's a create, and I'm speaking as people, you, you've all, you've been working in maker spaces. So you know that there's value in the creative process. You know, that there's value mm-hmm. in expressing yourself in something. And so, um, there's a book that you might be interested in that I just finished recently called A Small is Beautiful, and it was written back in the 70s. And it's basically um, talks about the need for people to kind of, you know, uh, channel their creative energies into things like this, but also that make them a little more self-sufficient. So it's a really good book. Take a look. It kind of helps you think about, you know, how much is enough in your life and what can you do to help your community attain that? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for joining me for this little chit chat about stuff we're excited about. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing some of these zines. Uh, Now, Thomas, do you post pictures of them or anything uh, so that people can find out about the zines? Like, well, I tell you what, I can mail you one if you'd like. Just send me your uh, address in my in my uh, message, and I'll uh, send you one to see for yourself. All right. Um, if people really want one, can they send you a self-addressed stamped envelope and you'll get them one too? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the old school right there. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope. Oh, um, myself, so. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this uh, delightful conversation that went off the rails with great frequency. Uh, I'm now hungry for cereal, pretzel dogs, and even some of that old in and out burger. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can find out more about Inverse Genius and the people who create all these shows over at InverseGenius.com, where we have our other podcasts as well, uh, which at this point, I think, is just on board games, which covers tabletop role-playing games, board games, and all that kind of stuff, because I haven't done a Games in Schools and Libraries podcast in a hot minute, like a year. <laughs> Uh, so, wow. so yeah, there's that show. Go there, find that out. You can also come over to Inverse Genius in our group on Facebook. Talk to us there, and uh, you might find us elsewhere on social media. I would tell you guys to let people know where you can be found, but it's Thomas. You're you're on Facebook, right? I am on Facebook, Thomas Bose, and uh, Chris is nowhere. <laughs> so that's it. And I'm Walsfio everywhere. Thank you for listening, uh, guys. It's been a hoot and a holler. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.